All right. So you still doing good. Well, we are glad you're here. Want to look into the camera. Welcome those of you that are watching online right now. And a lot of stuff going on this summer. Excited about the ladies' pool party this Friday. Uh, we have groups that just kicked off a couple of weeks ago in our six-week summer semester uh, where we're enjoying that and encourage you to still get involved with that if you haven't done so yet. And then another thing, Next Steps, June the 30th is coming up. If you uh, are interested in more information about the church or how you can get involved, we talk about the vision and a lot of different things in that setting. And so at 5 o'clock on June the 30th, that's a Sunday evening, we encourage you to come out for Next Steps. I believe it'll be a blessing to you and it'll help you uh, kind of better understand the church and why we do what we do. And then the last thing I want to mention before we get into the message is we have uh, partnered again. We did this last year. We partnered again with Christian Fellowship Church for VBS this summer. And so the week of July the 14th, if you want your uh, your kids to be in VBS uh, or VBX, as it's called this year, uh, then you can get them signed up. Next weekend, we should have all of the forms here where you can grab that and sign your kid up for that. We're also looking for volunteers. So if you want to volunteer that week, uh, they're going to provide volunteers. We're going to provide volunteers, and then their kids, our kids, and we're going to do one big uh, VBS that week. And so we encourage you to sign up. On your Connect card today, write it on the back of your Connect card if you want to sign up to, to serve and help with VBS. That's just about four weeks or so away, and so we're, we want to put a bug in your ear about that, and we're excited about that. And we've been in a series, as we've kicked off the summer, we've been in a series that we called Staycation. Staycation, and what we've been doing in this series is talking about how we can live our lives on mission. How we can actually live our lives to do the things that God has called us to do and what he desires for your life and for my life. Not to just go at it with our own agenda, with our own plan, with how we want things to be done, what we think is going to be best. But how can we actually, what are some things we need to be doing so that we can actually be on the mission that God has for us as a church and as individuals. And so that's what we've been talking about and just to catch us all up to speed. The, in part one of this series, uh, we talked about this is real life. And if we were going to sum up the uh, entire message in one statement, it would probably be this, that maybe, there we go, many times what we view as interruptions are actually opportunities God is giving us to experience real life. A lot of us, we think that we're experiencing real life, and when we get interrupted, it's a distraction. It's something that's coming against us. It's something that we don't like. But a lot of times, God is sending those things that we would call interruptions in the form of maybe people that are an opportunity for you to actually experience the real life that he desires for you to have. And so that was week one, and if you haven't checked that message out, I encourage you to do that. And then last week in part two, uh, the message was titled, Channel Your Inner Child. And we talked about two questions, really, uh, in, this, in this message, and, and here's the first one. Do you really believe that kids matter to God? We kind of addressed this, this, this topic of Jesus is there, and the people are bringing the kids to Jesus, and the disciples step in and, and try to stop you know, the kids and try to stop the parents and try to stop this from happening because you know, this is Jesus, right? 
But Jesus says, you know what, let them come to me. Don't stop them from coming to me. So Jesus lets us know that kids really do matter to God. And then he, and then he went into this thing that really uh, begs this question, that do you really believe that all things are possible with God? Because after he, after he addresses the disciples, he says, listen, you actually need to become like a child so that God can actually have control in your life. So that you can actually be living for God. So that you can enter the kingdom of God because it's like that of a child. And we talked about faith and how kids just trust. They believe that all things are possible. They believe that there are no limits. And so we asked the question and we talked about it for a little bit. That do we really believe that all things are possible with God? Do you really believe that in your situation God can do what he said he would do and that, that, that anything is possible? That God can do a miracle. And today as we continue our series, I want to preach a special Father's Day message uh, that I'm calling Meant to Be. Meant to Be. Somebody say Meant to Be. Meant to Be. And I want to talk to you today uh, about what we are meant to be as fathers. And I want to, to, before we jump into this, I want to let you know that even if you're not a father today. Now that fathers come in many uh, 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 forms. So you could be have like biological kids, you could have uh, uh, spiritual kids, you can have somebody that maybe you've been pouring your life into and mentoring for a long time. Uh, it can it can be in many different forms, but also to all of the ladies and people that that aren't don't have that in their life, or maybe you're not a dad or whatever. These are just some principles that can help you no matter what. So we're talking specifically to fathers today, but anybody in the room can take what we're about to talk about, apply it to your life, and become better for it. Amen? And so I want to talk to you on this subject, meant to be. And a question uh, for all the, the dads in the room, uh, maybe spiritual fathers or physical fathers, you know, if you have your own, your own children, has anybody ever experienced a time in parenting or being a dad to where it was difficult? Anybody ever, anybody ever felt like, oh, this is difficult, right? This, I don't know what I'm doing right now. That we feel that way a lot of times. Like I feel like a failure. I don't, I don't know what. You know, I was thinking back to when we had our first, our first child, our daughter, our oldest daughter, who's now ten, just turned ten, and it was like you get home and you have this baby in your arms. That's the first one, you know, and you're excited at first, right? You're excited about it, and then about two days go by, and you're like, what in the world did I do? <laughs> Like, I don't understand why this hospital let me walk out of there with this human that I've never taken care of before, and I don't really know what to expect. And it's like, I don't know what to, you know, it's difficult sometimes. It's difficult sometimes. And I even wrote down some things here why I believe that it's difficult sometimes, even for me and maybe for you, is number one, it's messy. Come on, it's messy physically. Come on, can I get an amen, somebody? Kids are messy. But it's, uh, <laughs> you, think you, you think you like to keep a clean house until you have some kids. And it's like, you know what, we just need to let that dream go for about 18 years. And then <laughs> once they move out, then we can get back to, you know, maybe having everything in order. It's messy sometimes. People are unpredictable. Your spouse is unpredictable. Kids are unpredictable. The person that you're investing into that relationship, they're unpredictable. You're not always going to know what's coming. Another reason is sometimes we're just not sure what to say. 
You ever been, especially those that are parents and your kids are maybe a little bit older, and it's like, I, just, I remember times when I just didn't know what to say. Like something, <laughs> something came up, and it's like, I don't, and like I need about 15 minutes to think about what I'm supposed to tell you right now because I don't even, like I need to go read my Bible for a minute to figure out what the answer is to this problem because I don't know. It's difficult sometimes. Sometimes situations are hard. Or maybe for some of us, we didn't have a good example growing up of what that actually looked like. And so we're just trying to figure it out as we go and trying to do the best that we can as we go. And, and it makes it hard sometimes. But no matter where you've come from today or what you've experienced while you were growing up or how you felt, I want to encourage you with this as we jump in today that you can be the father or you can fill in the blank there. You can be the mother. You can be the wife, the husband, the, the mentor. You can be the person that God meant for you to be. It doesn't matter. The enemy tries to convince us so many times that what we did five days ago disqualifies us now from doing what we're, we're called to do or where we came from 15 years ago or how we grew up or, or the mistakes that we made in our past or even, you know, last weekend that, that you're never going to be the person or the dad or the spouse or the employee or the boss that you were meant to be, but I came today to tell you, if nothing else, you can sit here today and know that you can be the person that God has always meant for you to be. It's not too late. It's not too late. And I thought it would only be appropriate today on Father's Day to begin by reading through. I have about nine scriptures that I want to read us. Uh, read through that you can follow along on the screen that can kind of be an encouragement to you if you're a father or or even just just anybody here these can be an encouragement we'll start in proverbs chapter 20 verse 7 says the godly walk with integrity blessed are their children who follow them the godly walk with integrity blessed are their children who follow them deuteronomy 6 6 through 9 and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that i am giving you today Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Joshua 24:15. many of us are familiar with the very end of this verse, but it says, but if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. I love uh, just kind of reading into the Bible and, I, and you can kind of, imagine that Joshua is a little bit frustrated. <laughs> he's trying to lead the people in the way that God wants them to go, and maybe he's a little bit frustrated, and he says, listen, if you're not going to serve God, then just decide who you're going to serve. Do you want to serve, you know, the gods that your ancestors tried to serve? Do you want to serve the gods of the people that we're living in this land right now? Like, what do you want to do? And he says, would you would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates, or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? And then here's the part that all of us know that, that is so encouraging, and I think that some of us need to stand on. Come on, we've got this on T-shirts. We put this on a bumper sticker. We're wearing it around on a bracelet. We've got it as our wallpaper on our phone. And sometimes I wonder, do we even believe this for ourselves? Do we even live this out for ourselves? Because Joshua says, you can do Whatever you want to do, but as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Somebody maybe today needs to just stand up and declare, 
in your household, some translations say for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That I don't care what my neighbor does. I don't care what my coworkers are doing. I don't care how you're raising your kids. I don't care how you're living your life. For me and my wife and my kids and my family, we will serve the Lord. Too many times we're looking around comparing ourselves to everybody else around us. And God says, I'm just looking for somebody who will stand up and say, you know what, as for me and my house, I don't care what anybody else is doing, we're going to serve God. I don't care what anybody else is doing, we're going to serve God. And I love that, that Joshua says that and sets an example for us. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 11 and 12 says, My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline and don't be upset when he corrects you. For the Lord corrects those he loves just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. Psalm 127, 3 through 5. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. He will not be put to shame when he confronts his accusers at the city gates. Proverbs 22.6 says, Direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. I want to stop here for just a minute. Because <laughs> I, I feel like I need to say that again. So that you can get it in your heart. For those of us that are raising kids, you're raising teenagers, you're raising young kids, your kids are even grown right now. It says, direct your children onto the right path. And when they are older, come on, this is good news for somebody. And when they are older, they will not leave it. You ever notice how we read the story of the prodigal son? And it's really a story about God's grace and how he'll receive you even when you've gone and done your own thing that you can always come back to God and God will throw a big party and he'll welcome you in and, and there's nothing like that. But, but this was a good father. And he had an inheritance set aside for each of his sons. And one son decides, hey, I just want all my stuff now so that I can do whatever I want to do. And he goes off and he does his own thing. But how, have you, how many of you have read the end of the story? It always comes back around. I don't know if you've noticed this in life, but it always, I think it applies to, to this proverb that, we've, that we just read, that if you direct your kids onto the right path, it always has a way of coming back around. They always seem to have a way of coming back to what they were taught, what they grew up knowing. Even if they went off and did their own thing, and you're thinking, oh, they're making stupid decisions, you just keep praying and believing that God's word is true, and you led them in the right direction, and because you're leading them in the right direction, that when they are old, they will not leave it. They will not leave it. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 through 28 says, For husbands, this means love your wives, just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. This is saying that we're supposed to love our wives to the point to where we would lay down our life. That we would just lay it down. It wouldn't even be a debate. Like we wouldn't even have to, you know, something's going to happen and we're like, you know, let me just weigh the pros and cons of whether or not I should do this. No, it says that, that we're to love our wives like Christ loved the church. And then it gives the example. He gave his life for her. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. Ephesians 6, 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. 
Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. In 1 Corinthians 16, verses 13 and 14, it says, Be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, and what? Do everything with love. Do everything with love. So for the rest of our time today, I want to, I want to give you six attributes I believe, of a good father. Six attributes, th- six things, even, even if you're just, you're just anybody here today, you're not a father, you're, you're a wife, you're a mom, you're, you're a, a spouse, whatever it is, you're an employee, you're a boss, wherever you are. Six things that every single one of us would be better off if we had these six characteristics in our life. And to do this, to help us remember, since it is Father's Day, we're going to use an acronym for the word Father. So if you want to write these down, maybe they'll be easier for you to remember. But here's the first one, F, is for faithful. Faithful. Almost anyone can be a father, but being a faithful father is something that requires effort. I'm going to say that again. Almost anybody can just be a father. But to be a faithful father means that you're putting some effort forth. It means that you're putting effort in. It requires wisdom and prayer and effort toward being there for your children through the good times and the bad. It's being faithful when they're behaving and when they're not behaving. Can I get an amen right there, somebody? It's being faithful when it's good and it's being faithful when it's bad. See, we have a tendency as human beings, it seems like our human nature is to, 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 to be faithful when it feels right, when it feels good, when I'm enjoying it, when I'm in the zone, when this is, this is just how I'm doing life, I'm faithful. And then when things start to get bad in seasons, we lose our faithfulness. Why do we do that? That in the moments when we need the most faith and in the moments where faithfulness it matters the most, we throw it away when things get tough. When raising kids gets tough. We just kind of back up and, well, one day, you know, maybe they'll be my friend when they turn 20. Until then, I guess they're just not going to listen to me. So, And we lose our faithfulness. When it gets hard, but... but but being faithful means that when it's good, I'm faithful. And when it's bad, I'm faithful. When, it, when, when things are great in my life, I'm faithful. And when I don't even know where God is right now, I'm faithful. When all hell is breaking loose in my life, I'm still faithful. We need to be faithful. Faithful. It's being being faithful and being there for them when they're young and, and, and through the crazy teenage years. Come on, somebody. I'm not to the crazy teenage years yet, but I've heard stories and, oh, man, <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. But it's being, it's, it's being faithful when they're little to, to put them on the right path. And then when they're going through those teenage years and they're trying to figure out who they are and they're trying to figure out what they're supposed to do with their life and they're trying to figure out what the limits are and what's okay and what's not okay. And come on, somebody, sometimes three-year-olds are doing that where they're trying to figure out what can I get away with and what can I not get away with. That might happen as soon as kids start walking. What can I do and what can I not do and not get in trouble. But in every season, I'm faithful. In every season, I'm faithful. There'll be days when, when you might just want to 
come home and take a nap, but I believe that sometimes the faithful fathers are the ones who will give up a nap to actually invest in their kids. Come on, you come in from work and you're tired and your kids need to be poured into. Your kids are craving relationship with you and there's, they're, you know, they're wanting to hang out with you and they're wanting to spend time with you. What do you do? In any, in any phase of life, whatever your role is, what do you do when you've had a long day and your kids need you? Because I think being faithful looks like I'm going to take the time to invest in them even though it might be inconvenient for me. So faithful. Here's A. A is for action. We need to be people of action. Sometimes I think you have to get your hands dirty in the role of being a dad or being a mom or being a boss or being a friend, pouring into somebody's life. Maybe it's, maybe it's helping uh, your kid complete a school project. Maybe it's building a, a tree house together. I remember the movie Courageous. Come on, anybody see the movie Courageous? It's been been a few years ago, maybe four or five years ago. I don't remember exactly how long it's been, but movie came out and it was focused on dads. And and uh, I'm not going to try to, I'm trying not to spoil too much of it as I give you this, but you've had five or six years to watch it. So if you haven't watched it by now, then then it's not my fault. That's your fault. So, uh, But this dad is going through this struggle and he realizes I haven't been spending time, I haven't been pouring in and investing in this relationship with my son. And so he begins to, to take action. He begins to, to show some interest in the things that his son is interested in. Come on. Sometimes I think we're waiting for our kids to like the things that we like, and that's what gets you in the mess of trying to live through your kid's life and get them to do the things that you always wish that you had done, even though they don't really enjoy that. They are their own person. And so it's really getting on, on wherever they are passionate about, whatever they are interested in, and saying, you know what, I'm going to invest there because maybe that's what God has for them. Maybe that's why the passion is actually there in their life for that. It's because that's something that God wants to use in them, and so I'm going to invest in that. And this father begins to do that, and one of the things he takes up in the movie is he starts to run because his, his son is, is, is a runner. And you can tell he doesn't like to run, but he's willing to say, you know what, this isn't about me. This is about me investing and taking action. And so maybe that's the thing for you. Maybe it's, maybe it's, it's, it's that school project or that, that treehouse together. Or maybe it's running a 5K with them because that's what they're passionate about. Or maybe it's just jumping on the trampoline when they're asking you to. Or maybe it's playing games together. Come on, maybe you need to just have a night of the week to where it's just family night. And I'm not going to be on the phone, and I'm not going to be texting somebody, and I'm not going to be scrolling on Facebook or getting on Instagram. No, I'm going to spend time together as a family, and we're going to invest in this relationship. We're going to invest in our kids. We're going to invest in each other. Maybe it's doing a, some kind of Bible lesson or a devotion with your kids each day. I don't know what it looks like for you. I don't know what you are doing and what you're not doing, but I think there's something that all of us need to do. We need to take action somewhere you got to be faithful, and you got to take action. Here's the third one. The T is for teacher. Teacher, being a teacher. How many of you know that life is full of lessons? Even as an adult, life is full of lessons. A lot of times we learn from failures. We learn from where we messed up. We learn from other people's mistakes. We're learning all of these things, but I believe that we need to be people that are looking for the opportunity and the teachable moment. I think sometimes we shy away from the teachable moment. Instead of looking for the teachable moment, we back away from the teachable moment. And some of us, you know, for those of us that even have kids, we need to be looking for the teachable moments. And the teachable moments may not always be convenient. 
It may not be when, whenever you think it ought to be. You might be right in the middle of doing something that you always like doing, and you find out some news about your kid, and you're like, oh, teachable moment. Or you're out, and you're working in the yard with, with your son or whatever, and, and something happens, and you're like, oh, teachable moment. you got to be looking for teachable moments. God will provide and open doors for you to speak truth to your kids or, or to the people in your life that you're investing in. But you have to be ready to do it. You have to be ready to do it. And here's the strange thing before I move on to the next one. Many of us would think this is strange. Is I believe that your kids, if you have kids in the room today, no matter how old they are, your kids are looking for you to do this. And they actually want you to do this. And you know how I know that from personal experience? Because whenever you're a kid and you're a teenager and you're a young kid or whatever, and you try to act like you don't really care what mom says, you don't really care what dad says, and, and you just want to kind of do your own thing and you just want to go your own way, here's what, I've, here's what I've found out happens to most of us. You get about 25, you get about 37, you get somewhere up there, and you start to think like, oh, man, I wish that mom and dad would have said something when I was 12. Because then I wouldn't be here in this spot. See, they don't think they want it then, but they actually do. They actually do. There's some security in, in, in your kids knowing that you're, poor, you're investing in teaching them. You're teaching them about life. You're teaching them about what's right and wrong. You're teaching them about morals. You're teaching them about all of these things, and they actually want it. Even if they don't act like they want it, they really want it because every one of us, we could probably go around the room, and at some point in your life, you went back and thought, man, if somebody would have taught me, if somebody would have showed me, if somebody would have said something. Some of you are like, if they'd have said something, I wouldn't have listened, but I still wish they'd have said something. Maybe I'd have picked up on it a little bit sooner. We all have those moments. We need to be intentional now to be looking for the moments that are teachable moments. So we've got to be a teacher. Here's, here's the H. The H is for holy. Holy. And I know this is a tall order because we could sit here and say, well, God is the only one that's really holy. But I think it's something for us to shoot for. I think it's something that we need to, to aim at is this idea of being holy. Since we're called to be more like Jesus and less like ourselves, we need to be shooting for this mark of being holy. Your, your children are looking for a godly example in their lives, and you are it. You are it. You can't, re, you can't depend on, do you need other people to help? Yes, but you can't depend on everybody else to do what you're called to do. I can't depend on you to do what I'm called to do. There's something that you're called to do. You are the example in their life. And so we need to be reading and we need to be studying God's word so that we can know what the standard is and what our kids should be aiming for. If you're not in the word and you're not spending time with God, how are you going to know what to be aiming for? nobody's going to know where the bar is. And I think for some of us, we just need to raise the bar. Some of us, we've got the bar right here because the bar right here is comfortable. The bar right here means that six days a week I can take a nap and then I'll, you know, one day a week I'll just kind of give my kids some attention. The bar right here says, well, I'll just keep showing up to work 10 minutes late and it really doesn't matter because they had not said anything to me yet. The bar right here says, well, you know, they're just going through the teenage years and it's just hard right now and I just need to let them get through this and, and I'll just let them kind of do their thing and then everything will come back around. 
we've got the bar too low. Some of us, we just need to raise the bar and say, no, what God has called me to a higher standard. God has called me to something more than what I've been doing. And every person in this room could raise the bar, at least a little. We don't like raising the bar because we get it to a certain spot and we think we got that spot figured out. Come on, you ever been there? You think you just got this figured out? Like, woo, we're just coasting through life. And God says, you get to a point and God says, you need to raise the bar. And you're like, mm-mm. Nope. I like it here. I like my bar. I can jump over this bar. I kind of I kind of have my head wrapped around where this bar is, but there's there's something more that God wants for you. And if if you don't know what you're aiming for, how can you lead anyone there? If you aren't spending time with God to know what you need to be aiming for, how can you lead your kid there? How can you lead your spouse there? How can you lead your employees there? How can you lead the people that that you feel like you're supposed to invest in? How can you lead them somewhere that you haven't gone? That you don't know where the target is, and so you can't lead anybody to where the target is. It's this idea of, of seeking and running after being holy, raising the bar in your life. Here's the E. E stands for encouraging. Encouraging. Anybody in here just never criticize yourself? You just never do? You know, I'm just always positive. I just encourage myself all the time. We all know, everybody in this room knows what your flaws are. You know what you don't like about you. You know what you did that you're not proud of. You, what we need is some encouragement. What your kids need is some encouragement. And I think that being a good father, being a good mother, being a good spouse, being a good, they need encouragement. There's, there's a time sometimes to, to point things out, but I think more times than not, people just need to be encouraged. When things are going good, they need to be encouraged. When things are going bad, they need to be encouraged. When your kids made a good decision, they need to be encouraged. When your kids made a bad decision, they need to be taught and they need to be encouraged. We need encouragement. We need to be encouraging people. Encouraging during the good times and the bad times. Sharing personal stories of how you didn't always get it right can encourage someone else in their struggle, especially your kids. Sometimes, and I know we're kind of entering into this phase in our life where our kids are getting a little bit older and, and they're understanding a little more things or whatever. And I know there's going to become a time where there are going to be these teachable moments where I'm going to be able to share with my boys or with my daughters that, hey, this is, this is an area. Dad didn't always get that right. But it's going to be okay. And I'm going to help you walk through it and I'm going to help you get through it. Some of it, sometimes we just need a me too moment. Anybody ever seen a me too moment? You're just going through something and you need somebody else to be like, me too. You go to tell somebody something that's going on in your life, and you just need somebody to, to just say, yeah, me too. Oh, like if you've been through that, and you made it through, then maybe I can make it through. Maybe you can help me. Sharing, sharing what we're going through with each other. Our personal stories can help encourage people in their struggle. This is why it's important to study God's Word so that you can let your kids or the people that you're investing in their lives, you can let them know that, hey, here's what God's word says. God's word says that there are going to be trials. You're going to have trouble. But here's what God tells us. But take heart. Woo, those two words right there. 
if I could preach for the next 30 minutes on those two words right there, to take heart in the middle of whatever you're going through. You're in God's word so that you can invest in other people and you can say, you know what, I know you're going through that, but take heart. He's already overcome all of it. He's already overcome the whole world. So no matter what you're going through or what you're facing, God's already been there. God's already overcome that. And it can encourage somebody. Encourage somebody. And here's, here's the R. I want to bring the worship team back up. The R is for role model. Here's what you need to know about a role model. Everybody, can you just, can we say this out loud? Will you repeat this after me? Everybody just say, I am a role model. Let's say it again. I am a role model. See, here's what we know about role models. Uh, you might be doing a good job at it. You might be doing a bad job at it, but you're doing it. You're a role model either to your kids, you're a role model to somebody. There is somebody in your life that you have influence over that you are a role model for. And all, the only decision that you have to make is not whether or not you want to be a role model. You don't even get to make that decision. You are one. It's do I want to be a good one or a bad one? Do I want to be a good role model or a bad role model? Because one way or the other, I'm going to be a role model. Somebody's going to be looking at me. My kids are going to be looking at me. My spouse is going to be looking at me. The people that work for me are going to be looking at me. The people I work with are going to be looking at me. The people that I'm friends with are going to be looking at me. You're, you're a role model for somebody. It's not a question of, well, do you feel like you're a role model? No, you are. It's a question of, do I want to be a good role model or a bad role model? And you get to choose. You get to choose. God has blessed you with the responsibility of being a father. And you've been called to a higher purpose than when you may have been single. How many of you know that whenever you whenever you get married, you call to a higher purpose? Because before you got married, it's all about you. It's all about what do I want to do. Now it's like I got to think about what they want to do. And now we got to figure out well they want to do this and I want to do this or what are we going to do? And then you throw kids into the mix and now it's like well how are we going to raise them? Because this is how you were raised and this is how I was raised. And now, how are we going to raise our? How are we going to do this together? The 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 bar goes up. <laughs> you start adding people into the equation, and more people that are that are that are a part of your family, more people that are a part of your sphere of influence, more people that are around you, even where you work and different things like that. And the bar keeps going up and up and up and up because there are more people that are looking at more decisions to be made. More. How many of you in the room? You, you do something today because your parents did it. And if somebody was to ask you, why do you do that? I don't know. That's just what we did. Why do you mow the yard once a week? I don't know. My dad just always mowed the yard once a week. So I just, you know, just like the right thing to do, I guess. Why do you eat out all the time? I don't know. Just like growing up, we just ate out all the time. This is what we did. Why do you eat? Why do you? Why do you fix a meal and eat dinner tonight every every night as a family? I don't know. It's just it's, that's just what we did. Like growing up, we just always got around the table at six o'clock. We knew dinner was gonna be there, and we just got together and we ate dinner or whatever. Somebody influenced you. <laughs> Somebody that you spent a lot of time around influenced what you do today. And there are things you do today just because of what they did twenty years ago. 
you have the same effect on the people that are coming up underneath you. What role model do you want to be? What do you want your kids to grow up and say, well, you know, we just invest in family because just growing up, our parents, we always just invested in family time. Or do you want them to say, well, we were just like, man, we were just going here and going there and just busy and just blah, 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 and just did everything and that's why we just do this now because that's just what I... You're influencing your kids, the people in your life. You have influence over people. You're a role model. Do you want to be a good one or do you want to be a bad one? And here's the, here's the reality and I'm going to end with this. Uh, what I felt like God told me and he put it in these terms was that there's one thing that is the glue that holds all this together. So you've got faithfulness, and you've got all of these different things. We're a role model, trying to be holy, got teachable moments, need to be a person of action, all of these things that we're like sticking on this board. And, and God said, but here's, but there's one thing that's the glue that holds it all there. Because some of us, we're trying to like slap, we're like, whoo, I need to be a teacher. Like, slap it on there, it just keeps falling off. God says, there's one thing that's the glue that'll hold it all together. And it's this right here, two words. You gotta seek God. Come on, somebody say, seek God. Seek God. If I want to be a good teacher, I've got to seek God. If I want to be a good role model, I've got to seek God. If I want to be a good leader, I've got to seek God. If I want to be a person of action that's investing, I've got to seek God. If I want to know how to be holy, I've got to seek God. If I want to be a person that's encouraging and not negative all the time, I've got to seek God. If I want to be faithful, I've got to seek God. So how do you how do you become a faithful, active, teaching, holy, encouraging role model? You seek God. You seek God. You're not going to be able to do it on your own. I'm not going to be able to do it on my own. <laughs> I might get one of them right, but then five of them are falling off. The only way they're all going to stick is if I get the glue. I got to get the glue. We were patching up a water slide in our backyard and, and come to find out there's this crazy thing you can do with, with duct tape and super glue. And it makes it like super sticky and super hot. So, And we're trying to patch this thing up or whatever. And the only way that's going to stick on there, if you just try to stick the duct tape on there, as soon as it gets wet, you got to have the glue. Too many of us are going through life without the glue. We're trying to figure it out without the glue. We're trying to raise our kids without the glue. We're trying, we're not seeking God. And this is something that God's really been teaching me here lately. Is that man, in everything that you do, in everything, I don't think there's anything exempt. In everything that you do, you got to be seeking God. You got to be seeking God. Will you stand to your feet today? I want to bring our prayer team down. We're going to sing one final song and worship God, but I'm encouraging you today. Man, when you leave here today, make the decision. If I'm not going to do anything else, I'm going to seek God. Because here's what the Word says, that if you seek God first, then everything else He'll give you. All of this stuff that you need, faithfulness, He'll give you. Action, He'll give you. Teachable moments, He'll give you. Holiness, He'll give you this mentality of being an encouraging person he'll give all the things that you need he says I'll give all of those things that you need to you if you'll seek me first seek me first so God today we thank you 
that we have another opportunity to say, man, we are going to seek you first. Above all else, we're going to seek you first. We're going to seek you because you are the glue that holds everything together. And if we want to be faithful and we want to be active, we want to have teachable moments. We want to do it right. We want to be a holy uh, father, a holy mother, a holy spouse with raising the bar. We want to be encouraging. We want to be a good role model. We've got to have you. We need you. And so, God, today I pray as we sing this next song, Lord, that if there's anybody here who needs prayer, that you would draw them for prayer. And if there those of us that are not needing prayer today, God, I pray that we would lift our, our, our hearts, we would lift our voices, we would lift our hands. God, that we would truly worship you and give you the worship that you are due in Jesus' name.